0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family wealth and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. An important part of the story to see, not just the hustling, grinding, saving, sweating, and side hustling. You got to have the peace, relaxation, time with family, more vacations, part-time work, and more hobby finding, reconnecting with friends and family portion of it too, don't you? This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do two things. First, we're going to respond to a comment on social media about us pumping the brakes on our high savings rate. And second, we've got a net worth win in our community from Mandy and Sean Sensky from North Dakota. This 30 something couple recently hit millionaire status and they are going to share how they did it. All right, let's jump into today's show. Recently, I received a comment on my Facebook page from Justin, and here it is. It's been extremely difficult to listen to the podcast the last few months with Andy's dramatic shift away from fire and saving a large amount of money. I think the issue I'm having is you are basically there now with you doing only your podcast and you guys being millionaires now, but now you don't push saving large amounts of money as much, even though you guys did it and actually enjoy it. I really enjoy the podcast and enjoy both you and your wife, so please don't take this the wrong way. I'm just a bit at a... A misunderstanding, I think. The way you were for the last five years is why you guys are sitting so comfortably now. And it just bothers me that you both didn't like that you saved so much money while you're reaping the rewards of it today. To summarize, episode 281 hit me hard. Laugh out loud. <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for this. I appreciate it. And you and I have talked on Facebook already. I, I appreciate your candor. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate this, um, I guess sort of fresh look for me and the feedback. Now, I was joking with Nicole the other day when I when I read this, and I said, I usually get three types of comments on social media or email, Nicole. And the first one is super supportive, positive, and grateful for the work that we're creating. And then the second one is kind of like rude name calling, sometimes swearing at me about how I'm a moron and I don't know anything I'm talking about. And then the third type of comment is ones like, Justin's today. Comments that are honest, constructive criticism that really makes you think about what I'm doing with the show and and how I can help people on their specific journey. So for Justin, it sounds like he feels that Nicole and I have sort of abandoned the fire movement. We're villainizing saving. First off, I apologize if I came across that way during our Die With Zero episode 281. If you guys want to check that out, go to 281. You'll see that in the list for Apple Podcasts or check out any of the episodes on our website, marriagekidsandmoney.com. But uh, yeah, again, that was not my intention. That was not my intention at all. Bill Perkins, his book, The Die With Zero book, that kind of hit me hard. I'll be honest with you. I, I really enjoyed it. And it hit me at a specific moment in my life as we're sort of reflecting life, you know, after going through COVID and we've had some family members pass and we only have so much time on this earth. And if we've done the hard work, we've saved enough to coast into retirement. We've got zero debt. We've got no mortgage and two careers per se that support our lifestyle. I think it's okay to slow down your savings and enjoy more life today. After all, what are we doing all of this for? If I were to find this book, the Die With Zero book, 10 years ago, would I have enjoyed it as much as I do today? No, I would not. I was in accumulation mode. I was all about the Dave Ramsey total money makeover way of life. You can live like no one else today, so later you can live like no one else. But now, I feel like we can live like no one else. (laughs) Isn't that an important part of the story to see? Not just the hustling, grinding, saving, sweating, and side hustling. You got to have the peace, relaxation, time with family, more vacations, part-time working, more hobby finding, reconnecting with friends and family portion of it too, don't you? I mean, at least at the end of the rainbow, you got to find that. And I realize that's not for everyone and... I realize that not everyone is in our season of life right now. And as as Justin and I talked about it further on our Facebook chat, I learned that he's working hard to hit financial independence or hit this fire in his 40s, and I absolutely love that goal. And to your point, Justin, if we didn't put in all the work, like the work you're currently doing, we wouldn't have the luxury of time, peace, and the options that we have today. I completely agree with you. In that spirit, I believe it's important for me to not only share our journey, but also the journey of others in the family financial independence space as well. That's why I love highlighting the stories of others who have become debt-free, erased their mortgages, hit coast fire, accomplished a million-dollar net worth, or even those who are simply tracking their net worth for the first time. Because, As I've learned, this is a journey. It can take decades of dedication to achieve your goals, and it definitely did for us. And now that we're in a new phase of our lives, our goals are changing. Investing 50% of our family's income into retirement, when we're already going to have more than enough by the time we retire, feels excessive to me. Or saving more than six months in an emergency fund after living through a pandemic and we didn't even use probably more than one month of that feels like overkill. Or buying a rental property just so that we can build more wealth and die with a larger pot of money feels like stealing time and resources from my family today. So for us, saving 10% of our income right now feels fine. It's probably in line with most Americans, honestly. I mean, most people are needing the majority of their income to live and enjoy life. And 10% is pretty darn good for a lot of people. So for us to save 10% after we've done a lot of these crazy things, sounds pretty fine. Now, if I end up making more money in the future, we end up making more money in the future, perhaps we'll save and invest more. I'm not saying that that's not gonna happen. But right now in the season that we're in, I'm really happy with what we're doing. And I'm afraid of grinding harder and harder at my small business that it's going to chip away at that happiness. So for now, 10% savings and more of our money going towards our family goals, it feels right. We got money for summer camps for our kids. We're given 10% away in our own way. And all the important things that keep us happy and healthy are covered. So in short, while I may not be the inspiring financial character you're looking for at this time in your life, I will definitely be highlighting folks of all backgrounds, incomes, cultures that are in the family financial independence movement to inspire you where you are today. But enough for me, everybody. I would love to hear from you What do you think of Justin's thoughts, comments based on what we've been sharing lately? What do you think of our change in goals or our change in perspective with regard to our savings rate and our life path? If you have anything to add or share with me on this topic like Justin did, please hit me up on social media at AndyHillMKM. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you. And Justin, thank you for being honest and sharing with me. I appreciate it and wish you the best of luck on your financial independence journey. We'll be back to the show after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up, the code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. I love talking about increasing your net worth. This is our barometer for wealth building success. Today, we're going to speak with a couple of young parents who achieved a million dollar net worth in their 30s. Mandy and Sean Sensky are our guests today. Mandy and Sean have three kids and they love hunting, fishing, and exploring in their great state of North Dakota. Welcome to the show, Mandy and Sean. Hey Andy, great to meet you. Great to meet you too. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you sharing and opening up and helping other people grow as well. So let's talk about your story. At what point did you guys decide that growing your net worth and growing your wealth was a smart thing to do?
1: I got into it accidentally, like when I first started working, but it's really taken off more in the last few years. So I think we got lucky early on and maybe got a little good advice. But now, yeah, it's really, really taken off the last few years. And, you know, you get intentional with what you want and you're looking ahead to the future. That's that's where we're at right now.
0: Let's talk about some of that early good advice you got. What was some of that good advice? Was that from parents? Was that from people at your workplace? And how did that come across you?
1: I started my job when I was right before I turned 23. And so that has been about 16 years. And, you know, you go in and that first week of work and you're like signing up for 401k you like don't know what to put in for and like how much to put in where but i remember guys are like just put in 10 or 15 percent, and if you work out here for so many years are like you'll be fine so i just did that and then basically i didn't think about it for a long time but it's definitely worked out well
0: for us There's so many times where there's this mystique around millionaires where it's like, wow, how did they do that? Did they buy some Bitcoin and then everything happens? It's like uh, a lot of the time it's just investing in your 401k for a really long time, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. And like I've seen some of your Instagram posts this week and it's kind of funny to even be on the podcast because it's true or it's like it's just the boring way to do it you start young and you put so much in and just leave it in there and the compound interest. And it just, it really takes off after a while.
0: So Mandy, why was this important to you as well to, you know, take care of your family and think about things like building your wealth.
2: So I have always cared about not necessarily long-term wealth as much as I cared about never being in debt. (laughs) So that was always a priority to me. And Sean and I both set our jobs when we were pretty young. So I had my first adult full-time job when I was 21 and I did the same thing we stuck to our guns and started um, at least with a company match and I had a good company match so I always did the minimum on that and then over time it just really evolved as we saw how that grew to getting into a Roth and you know putting it other places finding out how we can save for our kids and things like that so a huge motivation for me was just being able to sort of set them up.
0: You guys alluded to both having some good jobs with good benefits. What do you guys do for a living? How do you guys make income? So I'm a distribution electrician,
1: basically at a large chemical plant. So like electrical maintenance out there.
2: I work as an office administrator for a IBEW labor union. So electrical, electrical workers labor union. And like I said, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that I've been there for 12 years now. <laughs> and it's just, it's weird to think that starting off at, would be like such a huge benefit by the time that
0: you're 32. Absolutely. Sticking with it and continually doing it. So it sounds like the energy sector is a big place to work in North Dakota. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Can you break down your net worth for us? You know, because when people hear, you know, million plus, like that gets confusing. What does that mean? What does your net worth consist of?
1: Yeah, it really, it is confusing because like I never did our, like, you know, financial net worth until this spring, you have an idea of everything and you're like, oh, it's probably like close to around a million. But then when you put it on paper, it's like really surprising. So what we have is we have our checking accounts, which really aren't that big. Then we have our savings account, like our emergency fund, which I would say I like more around like 20,000. And we had it there for a while. And then we actually paid off a couple smaller debts we're down a little bit this year. And then my work retirement accounts, I have about, as of last month, approximately $750,000 in my 401k. And then I actually broke that down and looked at it. And my employee pre-tax account is about $406,000. And then my employer matching pre-tax is $164,000. And then I also have a Roth 401k, which is another thing guys at work were like, hey, this Roth thing, you should get into that. Even if you just put a tiny amount in, you know, it's all like already taxed. So maybe when you retire, you just want to like go make a big purchase or you want to use it for something else. So I did that and that is about 177000 And then we also both have Roth IRAs, which we have about 8000 in each. And that will be one of the next steps of growing them. Your retirement account, your 401k is about 210000
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. I guess. And then the other thing, I actually have a pretty good pension at my job. So at this point, I don't know what exactly is in there. But as of July or January 1st of every year, in April, you'll get a statement of like your defined benefit. That if you were to terminate employment, your payout amount. So every year in April, I know what I would've got if I would've ended you know, earlier in the year. And this year that was at 290,000.
0: You guys have really taken the steps to start early, keep the consistency, and build it over time. So congratulations, what's the number today? I, I alluded to at the beginning of the show, It's over a million dollars, where are you guys today?
1: According to this sheet, we're at $1,600,070. Wow,
0: that's incredible, and how old are you guys today? I'm 39. I'm 32. 39, 32. That is incredible. Congratulations on all your success and keeping this simple and proving to people today that there's no magic to this. I mean, it is consistency and keeping at it and keeping those contributions going. So I didn't hear anything on there about maybe an inheritance or a windfall. Did anything like that happen in your wealth building journey? No, definitely not. <laughs> no. Okay. I know like
1: my parents have been great. They like supported me my whole life. I got to do a lot of stuff growing up, but as far as like, you know, moving on past high school and into college, that's something I paid for all myself. I'd come home on the weekends and they'd give me gas money, but that's about as far as that went.
0: Same for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about these these coworkers. I feel like this is sort of the magical sauce to your story a little bit. It could have gone both ways. You know, you could have had coworkers that said, "Hey, buddy, let's go to the casino, man. Let's go tear it up and <laughs> don't you don't need to save for that retirement." How did you decide what to pick when they said, "Yeah, make sure you're putting money in your four hundred one k." You still have to make a choice on what you're investing in, don't you? How, how did you make that decision? I don't remember.
1: I think it was a lot of guessing. But I had a lot put into basically like an index fund. And then I picked, I knew what, I asked what other guys were into. So I know there was like some healthcare, some energy. And then I actually had a bunch of bonds right away, which I think kind of paid off like that 07 to 09. Looking into this, i went back and looked at some of the stuff that's happened over the years And you can see me putting money in and it's just red. You're like losing money, but you're also just buying your stocks so cheap. And then my retirement account at work is through Vanguard. So they would actually bring people from Vanguard out at times. So I remember it was like within that first five years of work, I signed up to go meet with them one day and they kind of went through it with me. And I like reallocated some stuff and got that changed around. So it's been pretty good for a while now. But yeah, right away, I don't know. It wasn't horrible, but I could have done better right away.
0: Well, that's incredible. Sounds like you got good advice. Mandy, how about you?
2: You know, I, I filled out like the online forms, putting in the amounts that I was hoping to get when I retired. And then at that time, I had called and asked for kind of advice. And they said, sorry, we can't actually give advice. You can only fill out, you know, this questionnaire and see, see where it ends up. So I did do that. And then I decided to like reallocate every quarter based on my answers.
0: Mandy, you mentioned that not having any debt was sort of like this important goal of yours. Why was that the case?
2: I just always felt really anxious having having not enough, you know, if there's ever not enough or like wanting to give more. So I just kind of had that always at the forefront of my thought process and how we wanted to live what we thought that was important. And even common things like car payments people would be like you'll always have a car payment and I just hated the idea of it like do we always have to have a car payment though is that totally necessary like the more that I've gotten out from under any type of debt like I think our first small one was like student loans and we like paid those off and we were like that's so nice (laughs) and then it was like paying off a vehicle and you're like oh that's really nice and then like just recently we bought an extra car just for like traveling just commuting and we paid for that one in cash and like gosh that was so nice so I feel like every little token of the way that we've done things I've like appreciated more and more and more and I'm like it just feels so nice not to be a slave to money.
0: I love that feeling yeah and I completely agree with you there's something that just feels like there was a weight on your shoulders and now it's gone like you don't have to think about it anymore or now that you've done it this way you never want to go back, you know, you've, you've done it this way and, it, and it's, this is your lifestyle. Now, do you guys have any debts today? Are you still working on paying off anything like that?
2: Yeah, we do. We have two things.
0: Yeah. We got one real bad one
1: that every financial person is like, don't get into that. <laughs> but We have, we only have two debts. We have our house payment, our mortgage, which that's kind of the new thing we've been working on. And we only owe 27,000 on the house.
2: Well. Mm-hmm. So- We're hoping to have that paid off for sure. It's Sean's goal was by his fortieth birthday, so that was June. And he just keeps moving it up. He's like, How about the end of the year? How about (laughs) But it's kind of crazy because I think like when he said it, it was like just a little over a year to do it. And what did we owe at that time? Like 70?
1: Yeah. I think I actually got it off Chris Hogan, but his 15 year mortgage of the house. And then I actually I colored in, I just actually did a thousand dollars for each square up to around 60 some thousand and color dressed in black. And then we have the kids every time we make a payment on the house or a principal payment, then we have the kids fill the squares in and we have it hanging on the fridge. So try to get them involved a little bit. And it's fun. Uh, Teach, start teaching them a little bit, you know, they don't really understand. You're like, well, we don't actually own the house. Yeah. I mean, you kind of do, but you also you, you kind of don't. Yeah. So then you're like, yeah, like the bank actually owns the house and we have to pay for it. And then, You know, they start talking about it now too. Yeah.
2: So we own the house and then we own a pickup. Yeah. I bought
1: a brand new, very nice truck last year, which everyone is like, do not do that. (laughs) But I do usually get a vehicle I really like. And then, I mean, my last pickup I had for nine years and I, that one I didn't want to get rid of. And I started having some issues with it. And I went like a couple years and we put a lot of money into it and took it like two dealerships in a private mm-hmm. garage and just couldn't get it fixed. And then I had some big trips coming up last fall. And then so I basically just went in and, you know, got what I wanted. Although it's a little tough because the house would be paid off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> you going not
2: have a pickup payment. Yeah,
1: we you
0: well, the way you guys have set up your finances, the way you have built your wealth, there's <laughs> money's for spending. I mean, honestly, after you've done all the things you're supposed to check off the box, you guys are set for retirement. You're nearly mortgage-free. It's okay to enjoy your money. And obviously, the truck that you bought obviously fits in well with your lifestyle, not only personally, but for your family. You guys love spending time outdoors. You love doing things. So this is an addition to your, your family, right?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, we get a lot of use out of it and for what it was designed for. So I love it.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I'm sure Mandy's going to like it even better when it's paid off, right? <laughs> I <will. laughs> Know it. Very cool. Well, have there been any sort of, you know, financial hacks or tools or any things that you guys have done that maybe people don't know about that you think that people could find useful today based on your journey?
1: Now, I don't know if it's stuff that people doesn't. Don't know about. But I think the biggest thing for me is making a budget and then just allocating your money right away. I like no matter what your income is, you know, try to shoot for that like 15% of saving your for your retirement. Maybe aim for the 25% at some point and then don't live above your means and start there. And then, you know, just the sooner you start, like, The best time to invest is yesterday and the second best is today. Like I really agree with that. And then also it's been recent for us, but I think your financial net worth keeping track of that year to year, like you said earlier today, even with having payments on stuff when it's like, Oh, like, I don't know. You have $500 a month. It's just kind of there. When you look at that whole lump sum and it starts shrinking down, which you'll see on that, if you keep track of your, you know your financial net worth. I like I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, and for me, I would say like one thing that I think has been a huge pro for us is we built our house eleven years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. No, ten years ago. Yeah. And you know we refinanced it right away. Like we had lived here for a year, we refinanced after one year, and we did a fifteen-year loan instead, and then we stayed here. And so I think that not like continually feeling the need to keep up with the Joneses not getting the new vehicle every single time that something comes out or not getting the best of the best or making smaller changes that might really suit your family. But I think a lot of people look at what they're going to make when they sell something, but they don't look at how much they're actually putting into something else. And I think that that has really served us because we started out young and made choices that we, we felt like were like long-term and they've really benefited us big time.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Cause we thought about getting some land and building a brand new house, maybe five ish years ago.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, we definitely could have done that. And eventually we decided not to and said, let's stay here and let's pay the house off. And like, you'll just be that much farther ahead.
2: Yeah. 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 And like, we still love it. You know, it's still it's still it's not like something that we're like, man, too bad that we're stuck here. We still love it. It's still serving us super well. So I really think that like if you can make long term smart decisions when you're younger, that they like you can grow into that and you can make those like really benefit you and really work well.
0: Yeah, I think you guys have said it right. It's buying something and holding it for a long time. That's it. I mean, that's how you build wealth, whether that's your 401k or your Roth 401k, your Roth IRAs, your house, a business, whatever it is, that patience, that longevity, and, you know, battling contentment. It sounds like that's something, hey, well, you know, I've I've got this house. Wait a second. This house is fantastic. I'm at peace here. I don't need the next big thing just because it's out there. So kudos to you guys on having those, you know, epiphany moments. Let's talk about what's next for you guys. Paying off the mortgage sounds like it's there. Paying off that car. I know those things are probably going to happen within the next 12 months. Where do you see your family going in the next 5 to 10 years based on the way you guys have been able to build wealth?
1: I have two things. Really is I don't have like a brokerage account right now so I want to get that going and your retirement is like just some line in the future of like it's like a number. So as much as I can get in that re- that brokerage account, it just moves that closer to. I don't necessarily want to retire super early, but I want to just be able to do whatever I want, right? Like have the option. If I don't want to work anymore, then I don't have to. And that would be like a big motivator for me of like investing into that as well. Cause you're just, you're, just, you're moving that financial independence so much closer to this timeline. And then the other big thing is I'm not sure quite everything we want to do but helping out the kids as much as we can yeah but being smart about it like not just giving them everything but definitely get some accounts going for them helping with college or other things they want to do
2: yeah upping the ante and we did you know we did start and even from we just did a small amount i think like 25 dollars a month ever since they were little and like looking at where it's growing it's still at like nine to 12%. And I'm like, that's a big return for just putting money in for them. And even just trying to teach them the tools of what it's like to start young, like to invest young, where that will get you so that you can think long long term I feel like our world is like super like instant satisfaction and they're like oh how can I make like quick money or how can I you know just do this like really really quick thing and it'll just like pay off my whole life for the lottery or whatever and you're like so boring <laughs> but just just think long term
0: I think we all need t-shirts that say be boring it's cool I don't know something like right. that right
2: It <laughs> off. Yeah. Right.
0: you mentioned putting $25 in an account where are you putting that is that a kids brokerage is at a 529 i know we talked about that a lot where were you placing that is it a savings account
2: it's not a savings account it's like just a regular yeah it's a it, brokerage it, account. Oh, it. yeah. Okay, cool. yes and that's mostly my fault because um i i know that everyone has like their own feelings about college and where it's gonna go but i was just like what if
1: yeah we talked about we it we don't go
2: to college, or what you know what if college isn't paid for by my parents anymore or what if you want to be an entrepreneur or and we like actually like even though I I have some side hustles so I do some entrepreneurial work but like Sean goes to work and we like put that in the kids a lot we're like do you guys want to go and try or if your float stands and do in the home a hundred dollars, like you guys are doing great. So, you know, we do try to like kind of put that in them. That's like, Hey, go after what you want. You know, it's going to be good.
0: I love that and you guys are finding a balance of, you know, helping to invest for them so they've got some, you know, security in the future but also giving them the wings and the know-how to how to make their own money so that they can thrive in the future. I love this. So there's somebody listening right now and they're like, "Hey, I want to become a millionaire family just like these two. What advice would we leave for them as they get started and they finish this interview?" The
1: biggest thing I think is to budget out your finances and then be intentional with where you're putting your money. And make sure that you just start investing in the boring stuff, just like index fund, mutual fund, whatever you're going to get into, even like my Roth IRA, that's just a target retirement fund and just get going as soon as you can. And if you need a little motivation, then I think you should look at some of them calculators on like, just I'm going to average this much return for this many years. And then uh, I think that will kick you in the butt to start doing it.
2: Yes, I totally agree with all of that. And I also think like when making purchases, look at like a lump sum. Like if you're buying a forty thousand dollar vehicle, I think a lot of people look at them the monthly You they're like, Oh, my payment will only go up fifty dollars. And I think that if you just like notice that you're spending forty thousand instead of ten, that you'll see like that's thirty thousand dollars that you could be investing long term and that money will make you money, where this other purchase may never benefit you otherwise. It's just instant satisfaction. And I think that those are things that if you just look at like the big, big picture rather than payments, I think that that will really help people.
0: I think that's great. Absolutely. And I know you guys have some side hustle. You got some websites. If people want to contact you, maybe give a shout out for some of those great works you guys are doing right now. Where can people contact you?
1: I got a website, senskimedia.com. That's a lot of my outdoor adventures and stories. I haven't kept up on it a ton in the last
0: uh, year. Great photos, though, man. I was on there for a while. I really like the photography. I don't know who's doing that, but that's fantastic.
1: I mean, it's mostly me. A couple are from Mandy. She does photography on the side. But I guess my Instagram is actually banging cans. And if somebody did have questions, they could, I'm sure they'd find me there. I'd get back to them.
2: Yeah, and mine are really easy. It's mandysensky.com or mandysensky at gmail.com.
0: Excellent. And then Mandy, what are you doing on your entrepreneurial world? I'd love to hear about it.
2: So I started photography like 10 years ago. Yeah. So I try just to keep it to like one to two sessions a week. And I really like that. And it totally fuels just like my inner creativity. And then I started as a money representative like four years ago. And that's paid off really well too. And so we love them all.
0: I love it. So you got the full-time jobs, you got the side hustles, you got the kids. How do you guys handle all this? You guys seem so relaxed.
2: (laughs) We are relaxed. (laughs) That's probably how. (laughs) I love working though. I feel like a huge satisfaction from like working for like being nice to people and being able to like serve them any way that I can. So I really, really like doing that. And I would say like being outside and hunting and fishing and like taking people on like that kind of thing, like really fills your cup
1: that relaxes me if I didn't have that then I'd have trouble working so much yeah but I think that we think a lot about how we're spending our time Mm -hmm. and especially with the kids we want to make sure that they're coming up good and have a lot of experiences in their life and I'd say kind of like being intentional with our money we're intentional with our time as well and like you know it's like nothing's perfect you always want to do better sometimes you feel like it's falling apart but
2: yeah sometimes um, it is
1: yeah you just do your best And we make sure like, you know, when you're tired and the kids want to do something, you just get up and you go do it.
2: Yep, we rally.
0: That's great.
1: But, yeah, I think being outside is the biggest thing mm-hmm. that relaxes everyone, most people.
0: Well, I love that. This summertime is fantastic. we got a beautiful day here in Michigan. Hopefully, it's nice where you guys are in North Dakota. Thank you guys both very much. This example of not only how to build wealth, but also how to plan your time and your family for a beautiful life has been very inspiring for me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you.
2: Yeah, and we appreciate you and all of the time that you've invested into teaching us. Yeah, you thanks, <laughs> so
1: I, I enjoy what you put out and we watch you and your wife and yeah, I think, I think I like the way you think.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate being able to do this. It's a blessing for me to be able to make a living doing this. Honestly, it's, it's fantastic. So thank you for watching. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.
0: It's simple, but not easy, my friends. Make a decent living, invest a portion of it, don't touch it, and let it grow. That's the lesson. And if two partners do this, it's twice as simple. So kudos to Mandy and Sean for helping us all win like they have. Thank you both for inspiring us. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbit for editing our show today and to Weird Digital Marketing for their support on Instagram and to Dan Hines for editing our YouTube videos. Speaking of YouTube, everybody, we just hit 4,000 subscribers recently. That is cool. I've probably been more focused on YouTube over the last year. And that growth is, it's awesome. It's really cool. I love YouTube and I I think it's a really neat place to be. So if you have not checked out some of the videos that I've done on there or some of the interviews, please hit the red subscribe button over there. You can see Mandy and Sean over there on YouTube. And if you hit the red subscribe button, you are going to not only help your buddy Andy, but uh, yeah, you're going to make me smile as well. (laughs) So go to youtube.com slash marriage kids and money. Hit that red subscribe button. It is free. It doesn't cost you anything and it's a great way to support the show. So thank you. Oh, also if you really want to support the show, like, uh, you know, outside of just hitting a red button, we've got t-shirts now people. (laughs) Yes. You can find a carpe diem t-shirt or one with the marriage kids and money logo on it like what I'm currently wearing right now. I know you can't see it because it's an audio podcast, but it's very comfortable and it's good looking. So <laughs> if you want to support the show by wearing a t-shirt, having a coffee mug, a hoodie, a long sleeve tee for you or your spouse or even your kids, yes, we have kid sizes as well. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com store. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash store. Check out what we got. And if you feel obliged, Get something there in the store. I appreciate it. Thanks. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Stephen Covey. Peace of mind comes when your life is in harmony with true principles and values and in no other way. Define those values and make them your North Star, everyone. Carpe diem.